You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. The show that brings you all the hottest topics and insights directly from those who know it most. Now sit back and enjoy the show. What is up, everyone? Paul Apostolakis. We've got Salvatore Cusmano. We do not have Brad Weisgerber today. He There was a dusting of snow again, uh, and he didn't make it into work. Uh, we have a very special guest today. We have Darla Rowley. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. Darla is from Impact Home Staging Experts. Uh, I've always been interested in the home staging process and and basically the like the numbers behind it and how much it makes sense. So this will be a really good conversation. I think a lot of people overlook it sometimes how important it is, and I think that you can add a lot of value to even real estate agents that listen to say it might you might be a good move for you to do. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I did want to thank all our listeners, uh, everybody, all the comments, all the emails that we get. I mean, we really appreciate the support. It's been a lot of fun. If you need to find us, go to all the places you get podcasts. That's it. That's it. So um, another Wednesday, it's literally snowed, sleeted, or iced every Wednesday for the last month and a half. And today's no exception. It took me an hour and a half to get to work today. It fucking sucks. Um, All right. (laughs) Welcome to Michigan. Yeah, right. Um, so today, again, we're going to talk about staging quite a bit. Uh, we might get into some some things as far as rates and actual market, but I'm really interested in the staging uh, business. And, uh, and and you have the largest staging company in Metro Detroit. In Michigan. In Michigan. Oh, in total. All, you're like, in Michigan. You're like, <laughs> Hello. Paul, buzz off. It's Michigan. <laughs> exactly. That, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. You built a really good business over the last 15 years. So talk to me, first and foremost, how does someone get into the business of staging? Well, especially back then. Well, back then, 15 years ago, nobody even knew what the word staging was, right? right? You know, so luckily with HGTV and these home improvement shows and everybody adding a little staging to some of those projects at the end of those shows, everybody's getting it. Yeah. And it really has made it a lot easier for us to explain things. But in the beginning, I mean, nobody even knew what the word was. Right. So, um, you know, they've been doing it on the West Coast and East Coast forever. I mean, you know, 30 mm-hmm. years. Uh, for, yeah, for you know, sure. But, but it came to the Midwest much later. We didn't do much of it. I mean, no, no. I mean, people, I mean, I know a buddy of mine did it a long time ago and he was like very, like he's in the business. And I was like, oh, you staged your house. I'm impressed because nobody did it back then. Well, they might not have even called it staging, you know, because a lot of it is just, it's really the home preparation process for selling a mm-hmm. home, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, I like to use the cookie analogy. You could have two packages of cookies side by side and one has a crinkly package on the outside. And right. the one has a perfect one. Which one are they going to sell first? Yeah, you, the right. other one's going to sell on the, uh, you don't sell want on the, the shelf forever, smashed. right? You don't want smashed cookies. Well, mm. even if the packaging is just smashed, yeah, you right. know, yeah. they're just going to walk away from it. So there is a psychological impact to um, the rationale of merchandising a home for sale because that's really what home staging is. It's a merchandising process. Uh, people, that's really smart. You know, people usually think of it like as interior design. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, you have a great designer. Well, I can go into a great designed home, but I'm still going to want to pull about 50% of the contacts out of it. Yeah, people don't get that. They're like, I have all this furniture. And you're like, well, and I, and I spent $50,000 on custom drapes and custom blinds and uh, cu- uh, custom upholstery. Well, you know, A, that was 20 years ago. Yes, right. they look like bed sheets. All those trim, you know, all those colors and stuff. In most cases, not all the time, have um, have changed already. The popularity. Color palettes, yeah. Have, that have changed. And, 
you know, people have gotten more with the mindset of, I don't want to do anything when I buy my house. I want to move into it. I want it to be ready. And it doesn't matter if it's a $100,000 house or a $3 million house. It's somebody's castle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they want to be proud of it. Yeah. So so a lot of people say, well, staging's only for, you know, expensive homes. And that's just BS. I right. agree 100%. Whoever looks at that house sale, and we talk about this, like when you go in and, you know, part of it's decluttering. But if you can actually make it so people can envision themselves in the home. Yeah, it's, it's huge. very powerful. Yeah, they have to get emotionally connected to it on some level. It's an emotional right. purchase. It, it is. If you and if you can drive an emotional connection, you're always going to sell it faster for more money. You're going to entice somebody to make that offer faster mm-hmm. because they don't want to be up against six people on it. Right. And the, the reality is, is probably ninety five percent of people don't have an eye for design. Right. Thank God and for me. Yeah. So they <laughs> they come into the house. There's empty walls. This and that. And they're like, "This is cool," but I don't know if I can. Make it work, right? And then maybe they debate over it and they don't end up buying the home and someone else does. Well, it's fun, funny that you say that because often we will work with our staging clients, especially in our occupied homes. Um, our investor homes are a little bit different, but our occupied homes, they'll say, can you come and work with us after we sell our house? Because I don't want to they live like, in my yeah, house they like, yeah, you know, it, 10 or 15 years again and not have it look this great You know what's time. funny? When you stage a house, sometimes <clears throat> I bet some people are like, wait a minute, I didn't think my house could look this good. Maybe I won't move. <laughs> well, I think that the thought crosses their mind, but, you know, they usually have relocated or they've outgrown yeah, it. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. You know, and also staging is not living. I mean, you're right. going to put away a lot of daily items that you need, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of it's inconvenient to live in a stage house for for sure. It's yeah. like living yeah. you know, in a museum for a minute. So I think it's interesting that you brought something up. And, and when I think staging traditionally, I think of a house that's empty that you come in and fill up or, or a model house or a house that is a new construction or whatever it may be. The, the, you brought something up that I don't really think a lot of people even understand is, is even possible is you go into homes that are already being lived in and actually stage those homes. Well, that's really a unique feature for our company because we are a full service staging company. So we offer any level of service that somebody provides. So it can be a vacant home. It can be an occupied home. Um, a lot, you know, it can, it can have two kids and a dog, yeah. you know, and you the know, whole spectrum, you know, the whole spectrum. And, you know, for occupied homes, it can be something as small as like a consultation, Yeah, which a lot of uh, real estate agents in our market now are, are actually footing the bill for that it's only 199 bucks yeah so they'll pay that to to give the sellers the advice they need to hit the ground running when they sell the home that's awesome making sure that they're spending their energy on the things that are going to give them the highest return on investment like not just money but their time yeah Mm -hmm. you know that sometimes time is more important than money right right so you know they might have something like that like let's say the light fixture in the dining room has bugged them for the last 10 years and they just never got around to changing it. Right. But I'm telling you, the clutter over in the corner and the dated oversized deal. sofa that's swallowing all the square footage, way bigger deal than an unattractive chandelier. Right. right. So you get them refocused in a way that you're looking at the home from a buyer's point of view, not their point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I always say this. Nobody wants to walk into someone's house and wants to, because if you walk in and it's them living in that house, Right. And then you see pictures of family and, and in their toothbrush, whatever it may be, and, and their bath towels. And you walk in there like, so the mentally they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm walking in somebody else's shoes. Right. The, Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So the mentality of walking into a house that is, that is just set up to, to basically accentuate what it's going to be like for them to live in the house. 
because nobody wants to live in somebody else's house. They want to live in their house. Right. right? So they need to vision themselves in it. So right. if it's, and we look at the demographics of that likely buyer. So you're looking at like, is it going to be a young buyer, a single guy or single gal in a more urban environment? You know, it's like some of the lofts in Royal Oak. Yeah. Or is it a retirement community? Maybe it's one of those gated communities and they're all ranch style homes. So you know it's going to be somebody who's probably older who's going to live there. So how you merchandise those homes. Yeah. Right. Is completely different. You got to know your demographic. It's like marketing. It's that's it's, it's all it is. It's, all part, that, it's, yeah. it's merchandising is a marketing tool. Yeah. So so you have to make sure that you're speaking to that. Um, if a home has odd architectural details, like how do you make that feel cohesive? Mm, like, um, a, like a stucco. Basement, yeah. Right? And and I have only found one home in my whole the whole time I've owned the company. Um, you know, the house had a Victorian exterior and it had an uber modern interior. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, that's a little crazy. You know, because you're yeah. going to piss off both aesthetics, right? You're, you're, conf- it's so conflicting. It's so conflicting, yeah. like two opposite ends. Of- but you know, a lot of people just have like maybe a traditional home, but then they have transitional elements in the inside. Like a we modern bring, kitchen, maybe. You know, right? so yeah. so then you can blend, you know, what's going on yeah. today and what the trends are today into that environment, and still feels great. Yeah, but- it is funny too that some of those features, like for example, when I bought my house, right, it's a little Royal Oak bungalow. But what sold me, which is probably the least used feature of my house, is just uh. They to the bungalow instead of traditional stairs, they did a, you know, they cut a hole in the oh yeah yeah your house the ceiling yeah. and put like a uh, like a the, spiral a spiral staircase yeah. up there right and it's like it's cool looking it, it looks cool yeah I like right it, I got the little piano by it walking it looks, up and down until you have to take a bed up there or, or do there. anything <laughs> even go up there it's like wow walking, walking up those stairs it, so now it I feels just, uncomfortable yeah so basically like the only people who use that are people who need to. Stay the night, like yeah. crash or whatever, because right. I had too much to drink. They like, they just stay up there. But it's funny, right? right? I've never seen that, and I've seen a lot of bungalows. It's in pretty Royal cool, Oak. but it's <laughs> a, got a nice little It's a, uh, it's something that you can design around, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like that whole room could be staged around that. Yeah, you just make it feel cool. Yeah, it depends you know? on how you use you, it. You have to, yeah. you have to embrace it more like a piece of art, right. Than a functional piece in the room. And, and yeah, what's funny exactly. too, you know, a point you made earlier is like, yeah, that was like. Yeah, your your whole house is decked out with, you know, Pottery Barn and all this, and you spent 20 grand, you know, just on carpets and drapes and whatnot. But, but it's not someone's That aesthetic. was three years ago, yeah. right? right? Or four right. years ago. And that's funny because my cousin's, I'm like hand-me-down, right? He's like, yeah, I don't want these rugs or whatever. He's probably someone whose house could sell staged as is, right? Because well, he's and, always and there are some redoing people that it, have but mine's that. like the three or four-year-old, like... You get the hand-me-downs, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the and you can, and you can often tell... Um, like um, by the color scheme, like how old was it when they worked on the it? Color last? palettes, yeah. If it's got yellow yeah. walls or yellow like, and like red, red, red and red green carpet. right now, you know you're looking at like the the late nineties, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's tough. So, it's t- if it's not hasn't been touched. What do you? So let me ask you that. What do you do with a house that's the time capsule? Well, um, we just it's a perfect example. I mean, we, and we see these all the time, and I. One of the things that we see a lot are uh, paint colors. Mm-hmm. Like every room is a different color. Mm-hmm. So when we Everybody like wants the accent wall that's purple. Yeah, but it's not just an accent wall. The whole house feels like a Crayola box. <laughs> so what home sellers don't rec- recognize is that's one thing to personalize it because you love it and you want to you know make your kids mm-hmm. all happy and you know and your husband likes blue so that's why you did the family room that color or whatever the case may be. Right. 
you know, everybody has their personality splashed all over that house. But the reality is it closes it in. It makes it feel smaller. Mm -hmm. It makes it feel darker. It's on a blank canvas anymore. Yeah, it's not a neutral palette. So very seldom will we go in and say, all right, all of these colors are horrible. Right. But let's look at it. You got blue here and you got maybe a different shade of blue there. But in the paint's in good condition. You know, your trim is not bad. So maybe all we have to do is neutralize your front hallway, Mm -hmm. your kitchen, and your living room. Right. And the main hallway so that we can kind of give you some space to breathe in the in the house. I like I know? like what you're saying because what you're what you're saying. You, so you know, a lot of people might say, "Well, I don't want to do this because it's gonna be all this work." Well, what you're doing is you're maximizing the potential for the smallest investment, right? Absolutely, we're always looking at because we don't want anybody to spend a dime more than they need to. That's smart. That's good, and the, I mean, the audience should know that because that's you know, some people might feel like they've got to do a lot more than they have to. Yeah, we look at things like um, in. When we recommend an update, it's two things will happen. Either it won't sell at all if right. you don't handle that problem. Yeah. Or it will add a lot of days to your on-market time. True. When you eventually do sell it, it will sell for a lot less. Yeah. So we're addressing the things that will tackle those problems. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's – that's and that's – we're do, our, we are paid to – Tell people what they need to know, not, not what, what they, they want to hear. hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And that's that. That so Sal and I talk about this all the time. Sometimes you just need to tell them what they need to know. And some some people don't want to always hear it, but this is what you need to know, dude. And I know that you you might not want to do, but people need to be told sometimes what to do. But it is it is tough. Even this morning, you know what closing costs are this much? I'm like, listen, yes. <laughs> that's, that's how much they are, right? I mean, you can't get it away is. from taxes, insurance, right, right. whatever. The tax however, them will find you. <laughs> yeah. However, we can do this, 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 this to lower them, yeah. right? Or get credits towards them or whatever mm-hmm. to make you, meet your goals. Well, the the other thing that I come across a lot is people, <clears throat> and this is one of my pet peeve comments, is uh, people will say, gosh, I'm going to spend all this money on updating my house to sell it. Yeah. But that's not the point. That's you got to think of the investment. Well, in return, right? but the reality is, is if you had ma- uh, kept up with repairs and updates along the way, or made You're smart sa- decisions on money. the front, you've saved money actually because you didn't do anything. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not the cost of selling; it's the cost of living in your home. Yeah. The way you want to live in it. Yeah. But because somebody else doesn't want to live in it that way, you can't blame them. They're not going to pay you for that. Right. That's interesting. So oh. it's not the cost of selling. It's the cost of living. And, and you know, and I recommend that people, if you're looking at selling in five years or three years or any time, you start looking at projects now so that you can enjoy those spaces now for a few years before you have to sell. And then it's easy to sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like paint the walls. Yeah. yeah. That's let's easy. Get, right? Let's get an, an updated neutral palette, you know, yeah. something, you know. And a lot of times people think when they, when they need to do a lot of stuff to their house, House, they think that they think it's going to be like they've got to redo the whole kitchen. Well, it might be you could just paint the cabinets if they're paintable, right? And then some people might get be able to get away with that, and it's cheaper, right? There's different ways you can do different things and still make it look good. And a lot of times it depends on the market, mm-hmm. like where is the house located, right. what is the price point of the home, and what you can get away with. Like I, w- we were in a small Royal Oak bungalow last weekend, and the homeowner actually was a professional painter, and he took that epoxy paint and painted the Formica countertops. It made them look like marble. Yeah, people have been doing that. But yeah. it's looked 
Fantastic. Sure, yeah. I was shocked. I really had to go and touch it. It just looked like new laminate. Yeah. I mean, but well, you if, set a pot on it. Well, what that that <laughs> but it, that would do it with the old laminate too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, good so point. yeah. you know, the point is, is you know, if you have a, a hundred thousand dollar house, you're not going to do the same things that you would for a three hundred. Yeah, and you never house. and you never yeah. want to change countertops in a kitchen because that's so personal that the other person that's going to move in is probably going to end up doing it themselves at some point, anyways. Unless they're orange. Unless they're orange or like in really poor condition, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like the. So sometimes you just have to have it clean enough that people, and neutral enough that people can live in it for a while till they figure it out. Yeah. You know, but if if it's so bad they can't live with it on day one for a little while, you're Mm, in trouble. Yeah, you're going to move on. It's funny, the little things, right? It's almost like selling a car. Like, mm-hmm. why would you not go get a detailed wax? It's a put perfect in a little analogy. Bit of money, That's yes. a great analogy. You know, so, fill in yeah. a couple of the chips, whatever, right? Yeah. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. You know, hey, the tires are absolutely bald. Spend a couple hundred bucks and, and put them on, and you're going to probably get another thousand out of the car. For sure. It's like going on a first date almost. Like, you, you're not going to go on a first date looking like a schlub. Right, you want to look good, and Sal, you clean up pretty well. When you, but okay. you know, you can be schlubby too. So, like you, the version of you that goes out <laughs> on the date, I'm sure is all put together, right? Can well, be. Yeah, you never have a, another chance to make a first impression no. ever. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and from a real realtor's point of view, the market is changing, right? Yeah, I was going like, to ask you that. From a realtor's point of view, how do they utilize your services the most effective way possible? Well, one of the things that is going in real estate right now is the fact that the internet drives everything, right? Mm-hmm. And there's even a lot of real estate firms that are going to strictly internet-based operations. They're not even having yeah, offices, that, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. So the reality is, is how are you going to, if you are a full-service realtor, how are you going to protect that business that you have and and continue to rise to the next level mm-hmm. so that you can protect that business because you're only th- those other people are all just reducing their fees right because they have a lot less overhead now very right? smart what you're saying they have you know? less so, to offer so, too. so if you're going to stay in the real estate service business you have to Add, add some value, and you have to add service. You. Like you're va- like you are, you are actually very succinct with what we think. Like, yeah, there will be a population of real estate agents and loan officers that will not make it because things will change. But those that add immense value, right, will always be successful because it's like, well, dude, I can go with this guy, and he does all this stuff for me. Super on it. He offers this, right? So, right. You take care of all the problems. You're the problem solver right, in the equation, right? So we partner with a lot of realtors. We provide these services. They, re, you know, and they work in different ways depending on their commission, uh, commission and business structures. Some of them pay for it. Some of them pay part. Some of them will reimburse part of it at closing. There's different um, structures. There's yeah, all, you know, it's but it's all still unique. a service, right? It's yeah. all service. The, the bottom line is that the sellers have to get the information, mm-hmm. and whether and, or not they use it is, is fine. But at least they're getting the information. Well, you know, we're committed to telling them, as you know, like what they need to know. Yeah, and. It also supports the realtor in that point of view because they could tell them the same thing. Mm-hmm. But because this is all we do and we don't have any – we have no vested interest in the actual outcome of the sale. We're a neutral party. Yeah. So we're not trying to push anything that is really going to make the – it will make the realtor's job easier, you know, if the person stages for sure. Right. But – we're, we don't have any investment in that. I mean, we're not vested in that point of you view. You just want to give good information. Right. And, and that will set you apart because ultimately you've built your business over the last 15 years because you have a good reputation because that's all you got. And if you went around just telling people to do stuff that they didn't have to do, it wouldn't work. No, no not, you, not. Have, you have to be consul- like a consultant, right? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Uh, and, and obviously every home is different, right, on, on the scope of things. But if you were to say on an average $200,000 house, $250,000 house in, let's say Royal Oak since we're right here, 
Um, how much does it actually cost? And I, again, it's tough to say because I know there's a lot of moving parts. But in your mind, what would be a good budget for a house like that, to, to, like a bungalow in, 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 uh, in, uh, in Royal Oak? Well, we offer like a 30-day option and a 90-day option. So mostly the 90 days go more towards higher-end homes because those usually take more yeah, than 30 days sure. to sell. for sure. Even in this market. For sure. I agree. And um, a $250,000 home in Royal Oak is probably going to sell pretty quickly. Uh-huh. So we would probably recommend going with that 30-day option. Yeah. You know, But we would also give them the 90 days so that they would know yeah. and have the cushion in their agreement. So if a deal fell apart or whatever, but they could pick the terms. That's a, yeah, so, so you know, you're looking at in the range of, Thirteen to seventeen hundred dollars. Oh, that's it. Yeah, for a yeah, dude, that's not bad. For it, us to bring the furniture for the key and most important spaces, we wouldn't do the whole house, but we would do a living room, a dining room, a master bedroom. We do the bathrooms. We add the kitchen accessories, art, rugs, and it's done. And we do a, we have a casual option, uh-huh. which is what we call our essential package, and then we have the premier option, which would be on the higher end price point. That's interesting because, in my opinion, that's a small price. To, again, you've got to weigh your options, and if you know, you've got to look at it. But if if you told me, me personally, like you're going to spend fifteen hundred bucks, let's say or two thousand dollars, and your house will sell faster, and you'll have more offers, and you'll have, and, and, which I believe will happen if you if you present the home correctly. Mm-hmm. That is just that's not a huge price to pay. No, you know, and and the return on investment in staging is huge because uh, the NAR came out has a huge report, and you kind of have to add up the different buckets of of the realtors to come to this analysis. But forty nine percent of the listing agents indicated that they received offers that were anywhere from one to twenty percent more than they would have without staging. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that that's the twenty percent is probably in some of those markets that are just crazy hot. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and probably higher price point homes. So I, you know, I see it all the time that they're going to be three to five percent here, three to eight percent. Did you see a drop off? And because like a year ago, a year and a half ago, even two years ago, the market was so so hot that you could you could not even have the house up on on the NMLS or the MLS, and the house is sold or it has like multiple offers. Did that cause like realistically? Because it was much easier. I mean, I think we're in a different market now. It's more of a, in my opinion, more of a buyer's market, much more. So sellers need to be much more. Aware of that, mm-hmm. but back then, did that affect you, or did that just give you more reason to do it? Well, your the benefit is always there, a seller's market or a buyer's market, right? Because the reality is, is even in a buyer's market, seller's, seller's market, market, and a seller's market, you always want to get more than one offer. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. more offers you have, you get to pick your terms. Right. So even in in you know, when you have a hot market, you you don't want just one or two. You want five or six offers. Yeah, why not? And, Make you it know, look the best possible, Yeah, right? so so you always want to put your best foot forward no matter what the market is. And in a hot market, because it's so hot, if you put it out there the right way, you're, it's going to be like like yes, you're you're gonna t- you're gonna take a lot more coin to the bank yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. So the, it is an investment. Let me ask you this for for the consumers out there: is is payment uh, on when the home sells? I'm guessing not. Like, you got to pay for it up front. Yeah, yeah. We take credit cards or personal checks. <laughs> yeah, <It's>, Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we haven't quite quite there, whatever, but, right? whatever. Yeah. No, yeah. we we make it really easy, and we can do we do all the contracts remotely. Like they just initial like a DocuSign yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, we use a. Uh, we don't use DocuSign. We use a different well, software well, for that. Yeah. But but it, whatever, so we make it easy. I mean, yeah. I would say of our a lot of our properties, we never even meet the homeowners. Really, that's interesting. You know, we yeah. you know people will call us from out of state. We move now. That house is sitting there and it's empty. 
we work with a lot of real estate investors, and you guys know with real estate investors, I mean, they're in it for the coin, right? Right. They want to present so, the house. Well, but they also there. want to make a lot of money. So, and I also know you also know how frugal they are in the sense that every thousand matters. Every them. thousand matters, mm-hmm. and if it wasn't making them money, they would not be staging, and that's about sixty percent of our business. Really, right. that's interesting. You know, well, so and and not necessarily like model homes, but just infill builders, rehabbers, rehabbers. Yeah, for sure. All day, yeah. you, you, it, you put in all this money to make it look nice. You know, sorry, even aside good. from the person buying the house, it matters to the appraiser. I mean, it shouldn't. It should, but it does. It does for sure. You know, it, again, it's the emotional part of right. The Someone walks into a house and they feel good about it they feel they might i mean the house could be in perfect shape but if it's empty it's going to give you a cold feeling right mm-hmm. so sure. that appraiser walks in he's probably like hey nice house whatever here's the comps but when it's like all decked out and looks nice it's like yeah well the, well the other thing that happens when an appraiser looks at it is your imperfections we don't cover up anything so there's always in an occupied home for example there's always imperfections right people have been living in mm-hmm. it but they're not so glaring yeah you know, nobody even sees it when when you have it beautifully. Yeah, kind of yeah, it might yeah. be a you chip know? on the corner. Like Sal, but, when know? he goes on a date and he looks real good, there's he just looks really good, but there's stuff under the hood that isn't great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is how, this is the best friend you can yeah. get. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's great. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's good. Uh, I love Sal. Everybody knows that. Um, so l- let me ask you this: You have a unique perspective when it comes to the market. Um, like we like we have a unique perspective because like we know when you know probably prior to a lot of people when you start seeing a lot of activity and pre-approvals we know that the market's kind of heating up right and we kind of have that not that we're like the whole market but we feel it so in your your perspective with with uh, with your business what do you see in the market trends and and what do you use as like some things that you look for for like positives or negatives. Well, definitely, like we look at days on market quite a bit and we look at the price points, the different price points of the home, because as we plan our business, for example, we know that there's going to be more stages in that luxury market right mm-hmm. now because yeah. those are the people that are the most nervous with all mm-hmm. of the, you know, every, all of they the financial indicators. Yeah. They it's have a lot a, of, It's a positive when the market slows down for you and, and the houses are on the market right. longer because it's like there's a it's more. A much easy, it's a much easier have, conversation than when the market is hot for sure. Yeah. You yeah. have time to. The you, benefit is the same, but they don't understand it that, that true, way. True, because they, their feet are bored to the fire right, right. now. They're like, I got to sell this house and I want to get more money for it. Yeah. Whereas if it's a hot market, they're like, ah, it's not as important, right? right? But even right. though the actual benefit is still there. It's the same. It's the same benefit. The same. It doesn't change, right? Right. Um, but I think what we're seeing now is, like, I think, and I don't know, you could correct me. I, I am feeling it's more of a buyer's market and it's turned from like a, definitely a year and a half to two years ago. Yeah, and I think it depends on the price point of the home. For sure. You know, yeah. like those, and that's, and again, that's why we are now, all of our, we always reinvest in our company every year. So inventory that we're putting in, uh, like last year, we spent $157,000 just in additional. Um, well, you, you're getting a call. Should we put them on the air? <laughs> <laughs> just on um, new decor. So furniture. Yeah. And so we look at like, where is our growth in our business going? And everything that we buy supports that area of our business. Yeah. So we, we invested $157,000 last year in larger sofas, decorative cabinets, like huge scale art, you know, because all stages are not the same. So how do we set ourselves apart, right. you know? Yeah. Well, so, some of your inventory will be timeless, right? Some mm-hmm. of the art, things like that. Well, that's that, our, but... core, our core assortment has to be that way. Yeah. yeah some of the things be, yeah, like maybe drapes right? or window treatments, like you got to update. We, yeah, or... we don't do any of that. 
No, no not typically. It's too, it's too labor and t- I mean, well, to take out trade. Custom six, windows, right? Right. No, wait, custom yeah. size windows. Maybe you could that. just rip down the old uh, paper mache on the walls. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there are exceptions to every rule. I mean, you know, we might recommend curtains in the event you have a house that has no window trim. Right. And you have dated windows. Yeah. You got to cover them up. And it's painted white. Yeah. So, you know, so there might be a reason to add some color, you know. When you're looking to clear your inventory, do you offer it sometimes as a package to a potential buyer or do you just. We usually just, we we will have warehouse sales. We have Mm -hmm. what we call a flash sale. We'll look for a sunny weekend, you know, a Friday, Saturday kind of scenario. But when we have a flash sale, it's like for one day. Yeah. And we're done. Yeah. And then we load up the truck so that then following Monday morning we can go and drop it off at Humble Design. Yeah. Which is an amazing charity and they furnish yeah. homes for people coming out of homelessness. That's awesome. And other types of situations like that. And um, you know, every year we sponsor a family. You That's know, awesome. which is which is really terrific. And um you know, we probably we called them before Christmas in lieu of holiday gifts for our clients. We um, bought like tr- um, bunk beds and dressers. We asked them what they needed. That's awesome. And so we just bought new that ones. That is for pretty them. cool. Yeah, because yeah, so, that's awesome. You know, but you well, know, you you no, nobody needs another fruit basket. You, right. <laughs> I'm, just awesome. saying, oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And what's cool about your inventory, right? Other than maybe a furniture store, right? Like your those those items make you money. Right. Yeah, they they were all props, you know, so they have to they have to have a certain lifestyle. They have to have a sense of style. They have to um, they may not always be the most comfortable because we don't really care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But after you got what what's worth out of it, you can donate it. Right. Right. And then it's got a life cycle. That's awesome. How many houses are you guys doing per month, let's say? Um, Well, annually, like we're forecasting this year, we'll work on at least 400 projects. Wow. You know, That's maybe maybe four hundred and fifty. So you need a big, a lot of inventory. For yeah, that. we have a five thousand square foot warehouse. We have four trucks. Wow. That's you know, great. Yeah. If, you inco- if you include my pickup. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. So when you go into a house, do you know the inventory in your head and you're like, I want that piece here? Or like, how do you, how do you manage that? Well, the stagers always preview it to look at colors and scale and to make sure because the, the, the people in the office can provide a estimate or a quote over the phone just yeah. by asking some questions. Mm-hmm. You know, how big is the living room? Do you have a fireplace? Do you need a formal dining or is an eating kitchen? You kind of have to get an idea of the size. And we've done so many houses. Mm-hmm. Right. We ca- you know, we kind of have a formula. So we know we need a dinette. It doesn't really matter where it goes, right? Got it. yeah. How you many know, houses ne- do you av- on average do per year? Four hundred. Well, we did. Yeah, we did over three hundred and fifty last year, but this year we'll be doing. That's a lot. Yeah, she's. But Jessica's saying get in the mic. Got it. She was freaking out. I thought she was. Yeah, we'll do like four. We'll do like four or four fifty this year. But I count also like our consultations are really on the rise because people are really valuing that. you know, I think everybody should offer. at least have a consultation. Absolutely, a hundred percent. If you're selling your house, you need to have a consultation. I'm almost like thinking in my head, like I almost want to offer this to like my real estate agents. Be like, you need to use this. Right? I think it's super powerful because if you're a real estate agent, you got to do your best to sell that house, and you're doing your people an injustice if you're not giving an opportunity to sell their house at top dollar. Well, and they're sometimes afraid to really be completely truthful. Oh, there's a lot of fear, yeah. Yeah, to you know, you got to preserve that relationship. They're so scared of losing because they live you know, in they scarcity. Don't wanna, they don't want to offend them, so we go and we be the bad cop in a yeah. nice way. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So, Someone needs to be the bad cop. Mm-hmm. So, well, like, I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it is uh, – people don't want to hear what – what they don't want to hear, right? Yeah. And that's just the tough part. And uh, But we can convince people to do things that the realtors cannot. Right. 
And the reality is, is, you know, the first question for a home seller should be, and the response from a realtor should consequently be is like, how much do you want to list? How much are you going to list my house for? And then the realtor response should be, well, if you stage it, it should be this price. And you if know, you don't stage it, if you do it the way it looks today, this is what I a think. A good we analogy get, would be, you know, another analogy. People pinching pennies to do their own taxes, right? It's like, why don't you pay someone? A couple hundred bucks, right. he'll get a better to product. save thousands, right? Right, because at the end of the day, like you're going to try to do it your own way or whatever. And okay, you did it on TurboTax, cost you ninety bucks up front. Your return was two grand, Look, or you we, work with a CPA we, and we get talked, four grand back. We talked about this yesterday, Sal, and I think it's it's a scarcity versus abundance mentality, right? If you have a scarcity mentality, you're you're coveting every dollar and penny. But if, if I've been there, right, right. <laughs> but if you're scarcity, like you're chasing a dollar around the corner to go pick it up. Because you don't think there's another one coming, right? But if you if it's abundance and you, you think there's money everywhere, that one dollar that flew away doesn't worry you as much because you just got to get another one, right? Right, right, so, right. right. Um, I think it's definitely. I, I, I honestly, well, in the process to find new ones, yeah, and not worry about the one that's already gone. Yeah, you typically pick up more along the way. Yeah, right. Well, the other thing that homeowners have to be aware of is time is money. Mm-hmm. Time so, kills deals. So too, right? it, and it, it can kill deals and, you know, you can lose <clears> the, <throat> the maximum marketing window, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not ready to go and you need to be ready to go. So right now is a perfect time for this conversation, right? Yeah. Because as people gear up for spring, they need to be ready. Like, I mean, we're in March. Yeah. Virtually. Yeah. So it's, it's coming, you know, it's so, a, yeah, the, so the, if you're looking at a spring market, if you don't are not already, you know, scrubbing baseboards and touching up paint and doing those kind of things. Now you're not going to be ready um, yeah. for spring and you will lose it. What do you, well, so let me ask you this. How do you coach your real estate agents that you work with? Because I think, look, I, I, I think it would be crazy for a real estate agent, at least not to entertain something like this as, as part of their process. So I guess for you, like what kind of information or what kind of tips do you have to real estate agents when it comes to this part of, of the, of the business? Like, do you want, like, wouldn't it be easier to like, let a professional handle that conversation with the, with the client to be able to like set up the house correctly instead of being pre- like pretending you're going to set it up for them? Well, the reality is, is, um, as a professional stager, we are very equipped for that conversation because that's all we do. Yeah. And, the, and a lot of realtors, um, They'll say, well, I, I t- always tell my, my clients to stage and nobody ever does it. Well, it's because you don't understand the true value of what we offer. You can't have that conversation properly, you can't, right? you, They can't have the conversation properly. Right. So we do do a lot of training with real estate offices. We do lunch and learns. We do them at their offices or we invite them to our warehouse. We host them in our warehouse. That's awesome. You know, all they have to do is call us and we'll set it up. We'll That's do awesome. those all day long. You know, like we have one this afternoon. We have two next week. So we do that all the time. Uh, we will meet with anybody one on one for a coffee meeting because it's more than a five minute conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you it's know, a, yeah, so so because the, there's a lot of different scenarios that come into play. Um, when a realtor has a difficult situation, they can just call the office and talk to the experts in our office. Yeah, and they'll kind of walk them through. This is what I think would be the best fit for this scenario. So then a realtor goes into that scenario equipped with a solution before they've even met that customer. Yeah. So, but you, you know, especially if they're picking up a listing that was expired, you know, they can look at what those pictures look like. You know, they know how long it was. You know, they already know the problems as they walk mm-hmm. in, right? Yeah. And real estate agents out there, like, like, get start thinking about this because it, if you want to be set yourself apart, there's a big, big thing you can do. I think. Listen, I think the spring is going to be really busy. So I don't know if you, you feel the same way, but like we've talked about it on the show. I think with the interest rate environment that we're in, with the economy doing well, other than having listen, some, geopolitical- it's going to be. Whether there's more or less sales, right? It's going to be busy. busy for the people who are 
doing the right things. Mm-hmm. And to your point earlier, like the the Redfin and this and that, like they're not offering your services, right? And as right. a real estate agent, I'd be like, hey, it's like the, setting yourself, the setting guy on the corner it, in New York, market, like opening this code up. I got this, I got that. Right? Yeah. I would, I've got, you know, stager if you want. It's, you know, it's all part of this whole deal. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe the agent splits it with them or whatever, right? It's like one of those things that's an investment into the sale. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you Absolutely. this. So we're all budding against technology and infiltrating every part of our business. And obviously, we either have to embrace it or fight against it. Let me ask you this. I've had uh, real estate agents in the past use software to stage the home. And they will just like put in a cow. And like it doesn't look bad, right? But, it, right. you know, it, it's decent. But you can tell it's it doesn't – it's not the same. Well, it's better than nothing. Yeah. But it's also still pretty expensive. And when you look at what we can do for uh, and bring in real furniture, like the difference in the price, it's you, not someone's worth still going to look at the point. someone's still going to you know, look at just, the home. How about looking it, at a it, home online that everything's fake in it, and you go inside, you're like, what? Well, it's confusing, right? <laughs> yeah, it's what totally is confusing because now they can't. Because really, to sell a home, you have it's to like experience it, right? You, feel it. you have to experience it. So yeah. you see a picture, and there's a photograph of of a, of a sofa in a dining room, but then you go in there, it's like. You don't even know you're in the same house, right? It's like being catfished. Yeah. Or or you go to... <laughs> right? Like, or you, what is or, this? Or you read the re- previews of a movie, and then you get there, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. I, it's like my wife when she married me. She totally got tricked. Uh, she I did think not get what she expected. She did not get what she expected. She's like, wow, I married this. Um, so that's... No, that's awesome. Because, I mean, you have to be aware of it, right? To your point. But I like that what you just brought up. It's like the cost differential... And the and the the amount of like value that's for added. that co- that's added is just not worth it, and right. I think that's a great point. Like to your point, like yeah, that's a great like you like you said, and it was a very honest answer. It's better than nothing, right. but why? Right. But why? Well, the thing is, is you're going to sit down in that house. You're going to talk about your own furniture. You're going to, you know, like all right, let's let, let's figure this out. And you can sit and actually like take it in, right? Yeah. No furniture. You're going to race out the door. It's like people who have empty homes for sale and there's no toilet paper in the bathroom, all right, you're going to chase them out to go down the street to McDonald's to go to the bathroom because you have no toilet paper. We have had a lot of analogies today. I'm just saying it makes me crazy because why would you chase somebody out of the house when they're viewing it? Yeah. And I know that some people are like, ooh, somebody using my bathroom. Well, you know, that's you have to do that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that that happens. (laughs) It does happen. It happens. As long as they flush. Right. Well, then there's (laughs) that. But I mean, the reality is you don't want to chase anybody out that's doing a preview on a home. Yeah, you're trying to sell it you're trying to sell it it's like were you gonna buy a car and not test drive it right you know like take it out you know how many analogies have you had today jessica have you had a lot we've had a lot of analogies today right uh a lot a lot i didn't keep count though (laughs) okay next time i need a countdown uh uh, so darla i can i can absolutely see why your business is successful and i think it starts with you i I think I'm, i'm highly impressed even the conversation we had prior to the show your thought process on the actual business and how we run it i i'm I'm super, super impressed by just the conversation we've had, and, I, and like I'm really interested to see, get like learn more about your company because I really didn't know much about it before the show. Yeah, it's so, exciting. Yeah. It's it's a very interesting model, and um, you know we're we are really committed to people's success. I yeah, mean, and we and if we don't believe that we can as add value, we would be the first to say, you know what, you're ready to go. You don't need us, dude. That that you literally you're mirroring a lot of the things that we say. You ha- we have to add value in our business, no matter who it is. And if you do that, even if it's for free, sometimes that will all come back to you, right? Like sometimes the the right answer is don't do anything. Absolutely, and you, get, and you can't be afraid to do that, right? right? And that right. goes back to abundance. You can't if you try to trick people, like, you're done in this business. Like your reputation's Absolutely. over. Absolutely. So we do a little thing, Darla, called three questions. 
Um, so we ask you three randomized questions. They're random in my head. I don't even know what they are until I say them. One of them we ask everybody. And the one question is, what scares you? Interpret that however you want. What scares me? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a teenager. That's scary. That's I'm fucking scary. I'm I have, just I have a two and three year old, and I'm scared shitless. About she's already a bitch, my daughter, and I love her, but she's such a bitch. Yeah, I have a 17 year old boy. That scares me. Wow. He's probably a good kid, though. At, at, at his core, 95% of the time. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're boys. We're a 17 year old boy. I was an asshole. So at seventeen, we, we, how are we, you? We we see a little bit of that showing up now and then. Yeah. <laughs> Sal, what were you like at seventeen? I'm just curious. Uh, I, th- I mean, I don't think I was a bad kid. Mm, oh, yeah, to my parents, you know, I was yeah. I was good. Yeah, I followed the he, rules to a degree, and th- that's the to a degree. And I and I'm kind of like the rule, you know. I'm I'm not a rule follower per se, but when I I want you when. I want you to do something. I want you to do it. Yeah. I want you to do it now, and I want you to do it my way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm that and mom. He's probably like, oh, like, why do does my, it matter? Yeah, like he's a rule bender, right? Well, yeah, and so it's yeah. like, I will, mom. I will, mom. Like in my <clears> lifetime, <throat> really. All right. Next so. question: If you could teleport or go back in time to one era of design for homes, what, where would you go back to, and why? I guess mid century. I love mid century. I'm so happy. You yeah. Said well, that. It's, I'm it's so, so happy. Cool. It's, it's so in. It's so in. My wife and I wanted to get one. It's just hard to find. And if you try to build one, it's like millions of dollars, and I can't afford it. Well, you can still decorate that way as long as you have a, a clean lined yeah. architectural style. But I want like the, the sunk, authentic. Yeah, the authentic. I want like a Frank Lloyd Wright, like river running through my house type. Yeah, shit. we were. There's a few of those actually in, 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 in Palmer. Oh, really? Woods. Yeah, so I, th- I love that aesthetic. So I'm glad. I'm, that's so that's awesome. So um, I get why too. Okay, last question is as far as trends going into 2019 for color palettes. What do you see changing? I know it's been a lot of grays for the last few years, a lot of neutrals. Do you see anything changing? I know white kitchens have always been been very safe. Do you see that changing? Well, like with kitchens, like a touch of contrast is really you know. But you do have to. It's a big investment, so you still need like the longevity of, a, of something neutral, yeah. neutral, especially if you're mm-hmm. going to be in the house for twenty years. Mm-hmm. That's, the, fli- that's the fear. If, if you're flipping it or selling, you don't care. You, it just needs to look great right that now. That is crazy, right? right? Like the the trends of the past few years are essentially timeless, right? I right, mean, grays and whatever. But like you see those those homes stuck in the past, like with like you said, like the orange countertops with the green shag rug, and it's like, man. That was a quick little thing that ruined a lot of properties. <laughs> <laughs> you know, luckily and, those things aren't too hard to fix. So. Yeah. No, but, the green carpet you can pull yeah, out. Yeah, that's right? pretty easy. And, yeah. and, and a lot of those houses have hardwood underneath it. You know, yeah. what do you see for color palettes? Well, neutral for us is still really important because we need the longevity of of these pieces lasting. So we're still going to be doing a lot of neutrals. Um, creams and ivories, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit warmer tones in the neutrals. So Do you feel like blacks are coming back in? Oh, yeah. You see a lot of black and trim. We see mm-hmm. a lot of black and fireplace surrounds. Yeah. Black kitchens um, now, too. Yeah. Um, blinds. Blinds, black blinds. Yeah, really. Sure. I have right. charcoal gray ones. You do? Yeah, that are almost. I bet almost your house black. is sick. By the way, it's a little bungalow royal, but look. it's probably beautiful. <laughs> it's like, I gotta imagine it's really good. <laughs> Wait, we painted last year, and I must say it looks good. And well, we got new windows year before last, so it now rocks. <laughs> so, l- last question, and obviously we've got to go. And I'll have you give your contact information. Um, what is the difference uh, between you and an interior designer? Well, s- staging is. 
depersonalizing where design is personalizing. Mm, that's a great way to put it. You know, wow. so so staging is for the masses right. and design is for the specific. Yes, family. yeah. So if you're a fishing aficionado, you could have fish all over your, your house. Your job, or is if you create, like roosters, you can have roosters all over your house. Your but, job is to create the biggest net to please the most people. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. Absolutely. I, I can't tell you what a pleasure it's been having you on. I'm a joy. super I super it. blown away by your knowledge base. You're you're you, like you're just a cool human. I can tell. I want I want to have a drink with you. <laughs> well, I think we can arrange that. Yeah, for sure. I'm <laughs> down for that all day. Um, tell the audience how they can get a hold of you any real estate agents out there anybody that's listening that might want to stage your home i do think there's a lot of value to it well the best way to reach us is that you could go to our website to see our before and after pictures you can review all of our services at impact and there's also a contact us button right there that's easy what is it again the impact homestagingexperts.com. Okay. Impact Right. I'm sure you could Google it and it'll come right Yeah, up. and just if you want to visit, you know, drop it and see us, our warehouse or set up a lunch and learn or a tour of our warehouse, just call us. We're not usually open to the public, uh-huh. but we, we're happy to do that when anybody asks. And I think the biggest value for me out there, like we work with a lot of real estate agents. I think a lot of real estate agents should at least have a drink with you or like coffee with you and like learn about this process. Yeah. I mean, why would you not utilize offer it? That? At least offer it. Yeah. Right. Right, and and it helps to have some education about in the track record, and you know we show them the projects that we've done. Mm-hmm. You know, again, they have a difficult time. It's not their job to sell it; it's our job to sell it. Yeah. So all they have to do is introduce us, and we'll do the explaining. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. It, like it means a lot to us. They came into our you know little studio here. I love it. It's, I uh, love this it's stuff. a good, it's a good time, Jessica. Uh, I called Jessica on the way to work today, and I'm like, I, I told her I wanted to uh, buy a tank, and so I can crush cars in front of me, so I could run them over. But then I figured that'd be mean. I'm like murdering people, so I'd like put that aside. But Jessica was <laughs> laughing at me this morning. I'm not. You're not going to get judgment from me. For no judgment. That. Yeah, yeah, I knew I could, if I called Jessica, she'd be like, uh, right on. Let's do let, it. Let's kill people. <laughs> Maybe you guys just need a box of rocks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. I need a box of rocks. Might be easier than a tank. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Pick rocks, Paul. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening, Sal. Thank you so much for doing the show with me every single week. Yeah, I, I appreciate you being my life partner. Little, high water, little under under the weather. You still yeah. made it in. Brad, on the other hand, uh, is could not make it in because it, you know there's some snow on the ground. I'm a little bit Nyquilly. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Brad Which said is good. I like you know. Brad told me this morning that it was going to take him two and a half hours to get to work. I'm like, uh, you know, I don't, we don't need you yeah. on the show anyways. You're not that important. So, um, well, on the home <laughs> staging <Ow>. one, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Brad wears sandals in the winter. Yeah, I get it. He's a, he's Kinda. a savant. Like he's the smartest homeless man I've ever met. Um, <laughs> His house is sick. Actually, he's got a sick <laughs> yeah. house. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We are Inside Real Estate. We love all our fans. Please go to our website, repodcast.com. Go to anywhere that you uh, want to get your podcast. Any of you that are thinking about doing a podcast, Podcast Detroit gives you a really good vehicle to like actually do a podcast. I know that we've had friends. We had you know Tom Lauer and Jamie and a few other people do one last week. It's actually a really cool thing. You get your story out there. So reach out to them if you need any of that. Again, thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Inside Real Estate, the nation's top real estate podcast. Don't forget to follow us at irepodcast.com and everywhere where podcasts are available. 